in the Kimberley and APY, there seems to be that opportunity more within the health service of doing a lot of joint work with um, Western medicine and traditional medicine. So working with some of the healers um, and working with community groups to provide that joint kind of nursing care, especially in the mental health space. Hello, and welcome to a Nurse Out Wear podcast. My name is Danielle Corza, and I have been a rural and remote nurse for most of my career. I created this podcast as an opportunity to explore and celebrate and perhaps spark some interest in rural and remote nursing. Each week, we will meet with some of the extraordinary nurses who live and work in rural and remote areas across Australia as they tell their stories about all that is beautiful and unique to rural and remote nursing. So join with me as we explore the stories from a nurse out where. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of A Nurse Out Where. Uh, my name is Danielle Corza and I have with me the beautiful Laura Berry. She's coming to us from uh, Lockhart River today, which is really exciting. So Laura's a typical Yorkshire lass, she tells me. So she's living a long way from where she first started. Um, she's a nurse for 10 years and started out as a mental health clinician, which she practiced up until about two and a half years ago when she made the switch over to sexual and reproductive health. Laura claims to be one of those annoying people that are head over heels in love with her job. Um, but she currently provides outreach services to the communities of Cape York. Her role involves sexual health screening, health promotion, and the delivery of education to clinicians and community members. She's currently undertaking a master's in psychosexual therapy and sexology. Um, since moving to Australia in 2013, her journey began in Aracoon, where she worked with the RFDS as a clinical counsellor. She later moved to the Kimberleys to work in uh, the town of Derby, providing outreach services to the small communities of Luma and Oh, you might have to help me this one. Jal Men. Jalmadanga. That's here. Jalmadanga. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so from the Kimberley, she then moved on to Pomperor uh, before heading back to Aracoon. And since this time, she's been working on and off at Lockhart River and spent time back down in Cairns working for the Syphilis Register in um, Cairns North Sexual Health. So you've certainly um, been a lot of places and done a lot of things. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting to have you with us um, with such a, a broad background. It, it'll be really interesting to hear your story. But as, as we start, you know, this uh, podcast is titled A Nurse Out Where. So from your perspective, can you finish the sentence, you're a nurse out where? Um, it'd be a nurse out where I, I can't, you know, I can't, somewhere that I can't believe. So I guess coming from such a small town um, in the, you know, from the Yorkshire countryside to now being in Lockhart River and Pomperor and, and having the opportunity to travel all over Australia, uh, predominantly rural and remote areas. I just feel really lucky and that this was never going to be um, something that I could ever have imagined. So yeah, feel very fortunate yeah, wow. with, with what's going on for me at the moment. So what, um, what, what got you into working in rural and remote? What sparked your interest? 
Uh, so I guess when I moved from the UK, we we don't actually get a lot, um, a lot of education about true Australian history, especially Indigenous history, unfortunately. Um, and I did just happen to, to make some connections and walk into a job in South Australia working for a rural and remote uh, mental health service. And the clients that we, we provided service to came from mainly the APY lands um, in remote South Australia, territory border area. Um, and, you know, I was quite ignorant to the, to the issues um, within, you know, that kind of um, healthcare and that demographic that we provide healthcare to. Um, and, you know, I met people from these remote places and wondered why they didn't speak English, you know, how ignorant of me and um, wondered why we had traditional healers that were flown down for clients. You know, this was all completely foreign to me um, and quickly realised how ignorant I, I was um, to the Indigenous culture um, and decided that I would do some postgraduate study so I went to Alice Springs and did some amazing study with Flinders Uni, did the remote area uh, nursing course. So I think it's a collaboration between Charles Darwin and Flinders. I would highly recommend it as a postgrad. Um, was hit with some pretty hard truths from some amazing Indigenous female lecturers. Um, it was a huge period of self-reflection and, you know, thinking about how I work within that cultural space and how I provide services safely. Um, and it became apparent that perhaps I hadn't been doing that, you know, because I had come from Yorkshire and, and didn't really know the ongoing issues and um, intergenerational issues um, that unfortunately the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander population had been exposed to. Um, so my time in Alice was amazing, terrifying, um, <laughs> gobsmacking, um, and then I just went on to continue working within that population and, and trying to get, I guess, experience um, and knowledge from, from people who I work with. So that's, yeah, that's kind of what led me into that area of work, and since then I've, I've never looked back. Um, Wow, and you know, so I guess once you've been a bit of a bush, oh, sorry, Daniel. No, go on, go on. I was just going to say, you know, once you've been a bit of a bush nurse, you, you kind of—it's really hard to go back to city nursing. So, as much as Cairns, you know, is classed as a city, it's still quite a small town. Even that adjustment, you know, going from things that we do out bush to doing in towns like it just <laughs> doesn't doesn't work the same anymore. You know, you think, oh God, so. Yeah, just happened to to always come back to remote, which is really nice. So I guess it's that um it's that opportunity to challenge yourself professionally and personally that kind of lured you into this space. For sure, definitely. And just that world of knowledge out there that I had I had no idea about, you know, and I've since had the opportunity to work with with people, I guess um in the Kimberley and APY, there seems to be that opportunity more within the health service of doing a lot of joint work with um, Western medicine and traditional medicine. So working with some of the healers um, and working with community groups to provide that joint kind of nursing care, especially in the mental health space. Yeah, yeah. wow, that, that would be really interesting to, to see those two mm -hmm. cultures sort of blending, blending together for the best outcomes for the patient. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. 
So um, I get, you know, as you know, we're all bound by the um, the Australian Nursing and Midwifery policies and procedures, and that includes patient confidentiality. So I guess keeping that in mind, um, do you have a, a fond memory or a funny tale of your times working in remote that you could share with us? Oh gosh, so many. And I guess within that community, um, you know, working remote, we see Australia as such a big country, but you do meet people from, you know, I met girls in Alice Springs that I then, you know, stayed in contact with. And then so I a nurse in the Kimberley and, you know, was on a flight to Pomper and saw a nurse there who I'd met in the Kimberley. So within that community, I guess you do start to, um, you know, you get to know each other and, and funny things happen and um, experiences. But I guess a few that stick out in my mind, um, one is definitely working in the Kimberley. You know, we, we drove, me and my husband, in a Renault Clio from Cairns, ridiculous, um, <laughs> in January. So the height of the wet season, these two absolutely stupid people from Yorkshire driving across the top of Australia in this Renault Clio. Um, I think it's about 4,000 kilometres. So we planned to take our time doing it, but we got to Halls Creek or maybe yeah Halls Creek and the rain just started to pour down and I, I've never seen a road flood as quick as that did so we were sat by the side of this road obviously everyone over there is driving in Prados and um, you know nice land cruisers and this lady swings past and she's like are you guys okay and we're like well god you know we don't know how if we're going to be able to get over this creek we've seen all these adverts if it's flooded forget it super anxious Yorkshire folk um, and she's like, well, I'd kind of tell you to cross, but, you know, I don't want to be the person who sees you guys in the news, like floating down the river to the crops. <laughs> so anyway, we took a chance because we thought we we're going to get stuck here. And we we did it. We followed a big um, road train through, like that they kind of pushed the water aside for us and we just tailgated them probably for about 200 kilometres. Um, so I guess that's quite a fond memory. Um, and look, just and having you, the you opportunity, as I said, oh, we did, yeah, we made it to our destination, <laughs> we definitely, um, I think at one point got out of the car at the WA border and did have a poor eagle stuck in the radiator with its oh, wings no. spread that we'd hit, we hit a roo, and oh god, it was, it was terrifying, me, Mark, and our two little dogs from the UK stuffed in the back with all our worldly belongings, Um <laughs> yeah crazy but it was worth it was completely worth it. it's safe to say now we've since swapped our car and got a, a four-wheel drive and um, so we're proper australians now i guess but um yeah just, that what makes just you a proper australian like that, to have you know? a four-wheel drive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess just memories like that like going to you know i was invited to an event and to get to this event we had to drive two hours north of Broome, cut across the highway do another couple of hours head through this dusty road, cross the Fitzroy River, full of crocs, head out to this, you know, this, um, where they do the mustering with mm -hmm. all the, I guess, well, yeah, it's, it'd be like a farm, I guess. Like a cattle really station, yeah. That's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, having a party out there, just and you just sat under this amazing sunset in the middle of nowhere, you know, you just think, oh my God, you just feel so small, like a, it's just really humbling and you know seeing places that I never ever thought I would have the opportunity to see and I yeah it's just very special yeah. so yeah nice very nice hmm. 
Um, so you said you live in Cairns and you, you travel up to the remote communities. So I guess while you're, you know, while you're in those remote communities, what are some of the things you miss the most? Um, look, I guess um, oh, I'm, I feel very privileged to be able to say this, but I guess, you know, just being able to nip down to a yoga studio and do a class or go to the pool and go for a swim. Um, but, you know, on, on the other side, I think being here does make you do things that you wouldn't normally necessarily do. You know, you make the most of your time. So we head to the beach after work, definitely in Pomperod, head down and, and fish. Not very, you know, I'm not very good. I've never really caught anything. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you get to see the crocs in the river and, and all that kind of thing. But you do miss, obviously, you know, you miss your partner and your dogs and your friends and going to a steak night on a Thursday. But um, it's actually quite nice sometimes to be out here with all that background noise. And, you know, I got to bed here at nine o'clock and wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. Like I've never felt so rested in my life. So <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very <laughs> quiet out here in the Um, And obviously it's a dry community. So, you know, we're not allowed a glass of wine at night or anything like that, but that's grand. That's what the weekends are for, I reckon. Stock up and yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's very cool. So, um, I guess you know, you and I both know that living and working in a rural community is incredibly rewarding, but also can be really challenging. And I guess with your mental health background, how do you care for yourself and your own mental health while you're in these in these communities or in these situations? Um, so, I guess. Um, at the moment, we so I was working part time in Cairns and part time in Lockhart, so it meant that I actually wasn't in community. That I was in community for a couple of weeks a month, and now that's up, I'm in community almost every week. Um, and I've kind of seen that as a really good opportunity to study. So it means that I've got time in the evenings where everything's quiet, there is no background noise, and I can focus on that study. Hence, why I've commenced my master's in sexual and reproductive health. Um, so that's one way that I, you know, I kind of manage because um, studies, you know, I find it quite interesting. The subjects I'm doing are very interesting. And um, having that knowledge, I think, is really good, especially for clients in the clinic. So I do find that quite therapeutic in a in a strange way, I guess. Um, another way that I self-care would be you know on the weekends when I am at home and at the time I am at home I do things that I really enjoy so I'm a, a novice and not very good free diver so I like to you know have a bash of that at the weekends and and um, you know just this weekend went diving with a good friend of mine out to the reefs so I had some time in the water and going to the beach walking my dogs and going to a yoga class you know just just doing those good things and I think that refreshes you on the weekend and um, you know, it provides that self-care so that you feel fresh to go back in community on Monday and then you provide that service Monday to Thursday and you're out again, ready to charge your batteries at home. Um, yeah. I know that when I, oh, I work, I mean, I worked in Pomperaud, Danielle, and something that I did for the staff up there, because they live up there, you know, they're there all the time and they get the, you know, the trauma presentations and um, quite intense stuff. I used to do yoga classes with the with the guys up there who live oh, up nice. there, so that was really nice. Well, hmm, yeah, and I think they really enjoyed them. So, well, hopefully, they did. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's a it's a balance between you know finding your own 
finding your own time to recharge your own battery, but then also sharing some of those passions with your team there as well so that, you know, you, you can all take that time. Yeah, out. definitely. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Definitely. You get to know each other a, a bit more as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, you've kind of you've kind of answered a bit with your free diving on you know what you do on days off. Um, did you are there any particular things that you particularly look forward to for days off? Oh, I love going out, going out on the reef, going out in the water. Um, you know, heading up. Me and my friend we go and do some depth training up at Lake Eacham now and again. So it's a bit cold at the moment. Um, and I've been out of action post-surgery for a couple of months, um, but we'll head up back there soon. And, and he's a remote worker as well. So Jacob provides sexual health services to other communities. So it's quite good because we come together, debrief on our week, bounce ideas off each other about how to get the health service and the community engaged. And then, you know, we switch that work stuff off and might go for breakfast um, and then, yeah, head out for some some diving, which is really nice. Oh, it's very luxurious. <laughs> it, does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It probably sounds way more exciting than it actually is. It's kind of just watching me learn about how crap I am at it. And then, yes, swallow up accidentally and whatever else. So, yeah. I'm sure you're amazing. It'll be an amazing time. So, from, for you, what are your top three tips for someone who might be thinking about coming and joining the rural and remote workforce? Um, so top three tips. The first one would be, you know, I speak to so many people that are, are kind of like, God, I wish I could do what you've done. And, you know, I just want to get into it. And I think just, just stop thinking about it and do it, you know, like definitely take what chances you can get. I mean, a couple of my roles I've got through pure, you know, perseverance of pestering the, the people to kind of give me a chance um, and then just going out there and proving yourself. So I think just persevere, you know, if you're passionate, you've got to make it happen. Um, the second one, I definitely think, you know, going off my own experience and how, how, you know, on reflection, just thinking about that knowledge that I didn't have. I think if you are going to work with, with communities um, and especially Aboriginal um, and Torres Strait Island communities, you do need to get some education and some background um, and some real history, you know. Um, I mean, unfortunately, um, it should be more accessible than it probably is but I think that you do have a duty of care to provide a culturally safe um, service and space however however that may be um, for that community so I think the second thing would be just get some knowledge and education that will carry you through um, remote working and the third thing you know I guess we've covered it a lot I think in order to provide a good service to a community um, and also to look after yourself you do need to have some good self-care and um, so I think you know if you've got some really well-established self-care habits and um, that's really important so they're definitely my top three um, education get out there and do it and and look after yourself yeah great yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think um, I think that's so important to, you know, come armed with a little bit of knowledge. Um, and you're right, it's not the, you know, cultural mm. competence isn't a, something that's readily accessible, but I think it's becoming more and more available, um, particularly, yeah. you know, with online classes and courses and um, different sessions around. So, yeah, yeah, definitely that's a that's a really good, really good tip. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no worries. No problem. 
Well, thank you for your time today. Um, thank you for suffering through some of the IT issues. We've had a little bit of um, cutting in and out, but I think we've we've managed to make it through today, which is really good. And you're hiding in a broom cupboard there in in your I office. Am. It's, <laughs> there's a Christmas tree there as well, so I don't know what this is and what's oh, one of them's a one of them's a remnant from a, a condom competition we had. We had syphilis in. June, obviously back in June, and I think Karen Coco's um, entry, hat entries there. So, <laughs> very funny. Uh, yeah. The things you've got to do to, to get through and, you know, continue your health promotion <laughs> along the way. It's great. Really good. Yeah. Switch the creative brain on here. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Um, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, Danielle. If this has sparked your interest and you would like some more information about this episode or perhaps how to take the leap and explore rural and remote nursing, you can contact me and check out my website, anurseoutwear.com.au or follow me on Facebook and Instagram by searching at anurseoutwear. Remember to like, subscribe and share them with your friends.